Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Host Spencer German. Morning, Cleveland. What's the consensus? Do we like 4 o'clock games? Do we not like 4 o'clock games? I like a 4 o'clock game today, let me tell you, because last night, Nick Wilson and I were up recording our Sons of the Shoe podcast, and we were wrapping it up around 1... No, 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 I'm sorry, that's when I was posting it. We were wrapping it up around like 12.20 in the morning. So, it was a doozy, and uh, yeah, I was grateful to be able to sleep in a little bit this morning. Before I came here to join you guys at the station, ironically enough, I was down in the main office space here recording with Nick, and I was like, as I was leaving, I was like, oh, I'm going to be back here in like eight hours. So I'm thankful for a four o'clock game, but do we like four o'clock games or not? Because I feel like the consensus has always kind of been, yeah, there's debate every year about how many primetime games you want versus not primetime games, and this is the four o'clock games. It's a little bit different, but these games... Bigger deal in some respects because they are nationally televised, more eyes on the product, and uh, it's it's a different feeling, but you know, you don't have the, I think people get used to one o'clock because it allows you, 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 you get your routine going. You wake up, you get ready, you got the game at one, leads into your afternoon, and then you go into the 4 o'clock games and it's kind of a little more relaxation. You can just kind of sit and watch football. And then that pays the way for dinner. And then you can go to bed on a Sunday night after Sunday night football. But this time, when you play a 4 o'clock game, it's you wake up anxious for football. You got to watch some other games in the meantime. You're probably a nervous wreck. And then you get to your actual game. And by the time it's, uh, it's over, it's, it's basically time to start winding down for the day. It's a little bit different feeling, different vibe, but on a day like today for me, I certainly appreciated it, and we'll see what's in store when the Browns take on the Seahawks today at 405. A lot of good stuff to dissect in this one as we count you down to kickoff, starting with yours truly, Spencer German here in studio, and I know I'm joining JP for a couple hours, and then of course, Ken Carmen jumps in at the very last seg- the, the very last hour there, leading you up to kickoff here on 92 through the fan. It's a big game for the Browns and and not a big game at the same time because it is an NFC opponent. It is, uh, it's not going to count quite as much in terms of the tiebreakers and things as you get late in the season when you really look into the AFC records and your uh, records in the division and all these different things. But it still matters in the sense that, listen, the Browns are on a two-game win streak. 
And they're trying to continue to kind of put themselves in the map in terms of a team that people actually have respect for and consider a contender. And if you keep finding ways to win with this out-of-this-world defense that you have, then you're making steps towards you're taking steps towards continuing to do that and continuing to convince people that you can compete with the the best of the best in this league especially once hypothetically Deshaun Watson gets back and he's playing at a higher level like he did in that Tennessee game which is all hypothetical at this point but certainly what people are hoping happens here with the Browns because we know the offense is a disaster they're one of the worst offenses in football i think they're second to last in uh expected points added per play it's it's not pretty but listen, if you can keep finding ways to win, and, and that's been the most impressive thing about even this short little run that they're on, two straight games. Normally, the last two weeks, Indy and, and, and the 49ers, normally those are games that the Browns lose. Normally, those are games that the, the Browns somehow fumble away or stub their toe, and it all falls apart, and all of a sudden... You're talking about a team that is same old Browns, right? That's generally how those conversations go and those how those matchups go. But it's it's you talk about culture changes, you talk about guys bought, buying in and believing. This group more than ever seems to have that vibe about them and that feeling in the locker room that they could win any game even with if, if they're missing their starting quarterback. And even if there's other injuries that are sort of impacting the team, they're going out, they're playing with their hair on fire on the defensive side of the ball, and they're making plays to keep their team. How many times we watch the Steelers win these ugly games and wonder when the Browns are going to do that? Well, they're finally doing it. And now the question becomes, can they do it for a third straight game? Can they do it uh, on the road on a West Coast trip for a third straight game and with an offense that obviously is anemic at times with P.J. Walker under center? And what is all? What does it mean if this team can't get you to win that way? And what will it mean in terms of the national respect that they'll garner and how people talk about them? So 216-474-0092. These are just some of the things that are on my mind as we get you ready for Browns and Seahawks later today. I do want to get into Deshaun Watson briefly because I understand he's not playing today. But I think what's interesting with Deshaun is that this the conversation doesn't end. It is around and around and around in circles we go on this topic specifically in terms of is he going to get back to the guy that he was? Why isn't he played? And all these different things. And guys, I I said it this week. There are a lot of reasons to dislike Deshaun Watson for the off the field stuff. There are a lot of reasons to not want to really root for him or... Uh, f- treat this as as a very transactional thing, which is, hey, I may not like you. You were accused of some shady things and this, that, and the third. And, uh, you know, I just want you to win me football games and I'll be happy. And that's totally fine. But what I thought got a little out of hand in recent weeks was the people, and this isn't just a local thing. It's It's certainly probably more of a national thing even than it is a local thing. But just the narratives about him wanting to play and him, maybe he doesn't actually want to play. And that's part of the reason why you're seeing him sit out a game uh, against the the 49ers. And, 
you know, leave and not return to the Colts game last week and all these different things. And, oh, uh, he got his bag. He got $230 million guaranteed, and that's that. Let's, you know, put the kibosh on it and just call a spade a spade and say, eh, this guy just doesn't want to play. Um, But I don't think it's that simple with Deshaun. And I don't think that it, – it, say what you want about him – I don't know that that was really a fair argument to make about him. I like, frankly, his terms in terms of players' reputation and what they're what's on the line when they go out and play. Deshaun Watson may have more to lose than anybody when he plays because if he plays poorly, it's just going to be more and more piling on of well, this guy did all these shady things and he's a terrible person and. He's never going to be the same again, and this is what the Browns paid for, and it's laughing at the organization for making the trade. Like, he has more to lose by playing than anybody. And, or by not playing or playing poorly. And so, like, if, if he understands, like, I think Deshaun Watson understands, a guy who, before all the accusations and before all the stuff he he went through off the field, he was a a gold standard of what a, positive influencing NFL player looks like. Like he was a guy who was making a difference in the community, making a difference in on the team he was on and who was highly respected across the league. And then that all went away. He is trying to get back to a point, at least it's, he, he says he is where he's trying to convince people that he's more that guy than he is the guy that was accused of all the terrible things he was accused of. Like if he is trying to do that, it, it doesn't behoove him to sit out games. He has to play. He has to earn back that respect. He has to prove that there's still a good football player in there. So I don't know that it makes much sense to sit there and question, like, does he want to play? And frankly, guys, if he didn't want to play, why even give it a go last week? Why even play in the Colts game at all last week if he didn't want to play? And so that's where, look, I I think it was the right decision probably to just straight out of the gate this week, Kevin Stefanski say, look, we're not playing him. We're not playing him. We're going to rest him. He's going to focus on his rehab because where this team wants to go. And, you, and the, the nice thing is for the Browns, they have the luxury of being able to do this with Deshaun because they're 4-2 and two and because their defense is so good that they can kind of weather the storm in the meantime against a couple NFC teams that, again, games that still matter but carry a little less weight when you get to the tiebreakers and all that stuff at the end of the season. Like they they're at a good spot right now at four and two, where they can give Deshaun Watson some time to heal up a little bit, and that's probably what they should have done from the beginning anyway. They probably could have just put him on the IR from the beginning, but I understand like context of the situation. They maybe didn't know everything. It was sort of seeing what every day was going to bring, and okay, fine. I guess I can understand why that stuff would happen, and maybe there was there wasn't clarity on that. But either way, it's it's okay if they're going to give him some time to rest. It's okay, but but I think, frankly, like, clearly he's hurt. I think questioning that is silly. And the team's just going to have to kind of keep trying to fight without him until he's able to get back out there in the field. And because of where they're at at 4-2, and two, they recognize Deshaun's presence is more important down the stretch of the season for that Ravens game on November 12th, for that Steelers game on November 19th, for that Rams game, which, again, NFC game, less important, but still a, an important one as you go to the West Coast again. Uh, the Jaguars game on December 10th. The Jets, the Bengals, down the stretch of the season. Like, his presence is more important for those games than it is right now in the middle of the season when you're 4-2. and two. 
and you're able to kind of weather this thing with the with the guys that you got and the defense that you got, and you have the trade deadline still in front of you, or maybe you can make a move and buy yourself a little bit more time. 216-474-0092. Did you ever really question Deshaun Watson's want to play? Because I thought it was a little unfair. We'll talk about this a little bit more on the other side. We got to talk about this stout defense and the matchup they have today with the Seattle Seahawks. Also, guys, quickly before we get out of here, I I need to give you our kickoff conditions, which, of course, are brought to you by Classic Chevy of Menor. And in Seattle this morning, as we sit here right now, 50-ish degrees here in Cleveland, it is a cooler 33 degrees at 7 a.m. this morning in Seattle. We'll see how that changes. It should be a little warmer once you get to kickoff time, about the same temps as we're experiencing here. But yeah, cold, and that's kind of the forecast I think across the league today. You got snow in the forecast for Denver, maybe Pittsburgh. I saw a hit from this, this morning in Pittsburgh where there was snow on the ground. So it seems like the uh, cooler weather, guys, is starting to creep in. Let's take a break. When we get back, more on Deshaun Watson, more on the Browns. We'll be catching in a kickoff with the Seattle Seahawks here on The Fan. Thank you, motion. Yeah, I didn't get people throwing that out there about him. Like I said, you can question Deshaun in a lot of different ways. But like Brady Quinn calling him a trust fund baby and all these different things. It was like, come on, man. I just, I, like, that's the one thing I'm not going to question about Deshaun is his desire to play. Because he, ha- he, he is trying desperately to rebuild a reputation here and, and prove that he's still a good football player. And for whatever that's worth, like, for some people... They don't care. They they're always going to feel some type of way about him, and that's just going to be that. And he's going to have to live with that. He's going to he's going to hear criticism wherever he goes. But I, I think for other people, it's like, yeah, this is transactional. Yeah, the Browns they like they got to see the results. And right now, it looks like it's a terrible trade just because he's played basically ten games for you, not even because he barely played the Colts game last week. And you got one really good game and the rest are just very eh or worse. And now he's injured. So, yeah, you haven't gotten your return on your investment to this point, but I'm not going to sit here and say he doesn't want to play. 216-474-2092 on Twitter at Spencito underscore. We're counting you down to kick off between the Browns and the Seahawks, of course. 405 kickoff today, a weird one. I still don't know how to process like four o'clock games. Like I said, it's good for me today. But I, I even asked my wife this morning, do you like when the Browns play at one or do you like when the Browns play at four? And she flat out said one. I, 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 I've I noticed that later in life, like I, I love primetime games, but as I get older, I shouldn't say later in life. I'm not that old. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. 
co-worker of yours. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Later in life, like I'm like 70, sitting here like, oh, these damn millennials in their primetime games. I can't stay up that late. <laughs> um, but I do think like there's a nice, what I like about the one o'clock games is just the routine of it. But uh, I don't know. I like mixing it up every now and then. I still enjoy primetime games personally. So I'm, I'm that guy. But I, I understand why this might throw some people for a loop today. But we're certainly looking forward to it. By the way, as we talked to Sean Watson this morning, there was a report from Adam Schefter. See, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if I I think this is like a, a like hard hitting breaking news from Adam Schefter. I just I feel like at this point, like every update, like yeah, we're waiting on pins and needles to hear the latest on Deshaun. But I don't know that it's it's like it's not it, it, a lot of times these reports we're getting the free flowingness of it. It's not groundbreaking information or anything elaborate than what we already knew, which is that Deshaun is kind of considered day to day and they're just going to kind of take it slow. And it's apparently not considered a long term thing. And they're at, at this point, the Browns have just kind of conceded to. Let's just let it heal and 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 kind of get things back here when, when we really need him down the stretch of the season, which maybe is the right philosophy to take if he's not 100% ready. But Adam Schefter did say overnight that uh, Deshaun Watson will continue to be week to week with the rotator cuff injury, not expected to be long-term, uh, where it would necess- necessitate a trip to the injured reserve, uh, and that it would sideline him for likely just the no longer than the next two weeks. So this week and next week, which is what we all kind of, I think talked about once, once he played last week and I was very much in the camp of, yeah, he should play fine. If he's good to go, if he thinks he can play, let him play. But when we saw like guys, it was pretty evident last week. And this is the other thing in the, should he, does he want to play argument? Like it's pretty obvious that he was, trying to play last week while still dealing with some some restrictions with the shoulder. Like you did you watch those first five throws he made and think that he looked like a quarterback that was even remotely close to effective? Don't you think there was that the shoulder was was a little bit of that? Like he was leaving balls short. They were just like dying on him. It, it was it was bad. And so the fact that he's trying to play through an injury while not 100%. Like, again, another testament to does he really want to play? Like, I think so. So, yeah, I, I, when you saw those throws, it was obvious they probably shouldn't have played him at all last week. And they should have just let him kind of nurse the injury last week, this week, and then maybe even next week, as Adam Schefter kind of alludes to. But, yeah, I just, I, that, that's what, that's where we're at with this whole thing. It's not, it's not a groundbreaking report. But it's where we're at. Not a, not a trip to the injured reserve. Like I said in the first segment, if they were going to put him on the injured reserve, it needed to be pretty much immediately after the Baltimore game. Because essentially, other than the five plays, he or I guess not the five plays. 
he played a couple series, but other than the part of the first quarter he played last week, which wasn't really necessary to have him out there anyway, he is basically going to miss four straight games. Like, you could have just had him on the IR healing up this entire time. It, at this point, yeah, it's it's too late to put him on the IR and let it be something that ends up being prolonged even further, especially if you're getting stuff from Adam Schefter and others that he it doesn't need to be more than the next two weeks. Okay, I can live with that. I can live with that. And that's when it really matters when you get him back. Again, with Baltimore, with Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, not too far on the horizon, coming up in early December. That Denver game may not be uh, a cakewalk because it's on the road in Denver. And that feels like a, a very Brownsian game to lose. But it is what it is. You got to live with it. And for now, the Browns go to battle yet again with P.J. Walker under center. See if they can continue the magic run that they're on. Speaking of P.J. Walker, I do want to get to our quarterback comparison, which is brought to you by ARG Roofing. Uh, they have you covered literally. ARG-Roofing. Dot com Walker coming into today does not have a single touchdown pass for the Browns. And this is the big question, right? This is why, too, as I, as I talked about and, and, and in my head played out this game with Seattle all week long, guys, I had the hardest time getting a read on what, how this game is going to go. And I just had this conversation with Earl before the show because Earl, not to not to spill the the the, the tea here, or spoil the the our our picks later in the show, but Earl literally said we're gonna win today, and he feels confident about it. And, and that's the thing. One minute I feel like you know what the Browns are gonna win today because this Seahawks team is not some juggernaut offense or anything like that. But the problem is, with Geno Smith, you feel pretty good that they're not going to make the big mistake or that he's not going to make the big mistake. The, 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 the term game manager is thrown out there. Maybe that's not fair for Geno because, again, he uh, he was written off and he didn't write back, right? He's, he's kind of carved out a nice little role for himself in the NFL. He's bounced back. He has turned into a solid NFL quarterback. I'm not going to say he's the lead or even in the top ten. But he's playing good football these last couple years for Seattle. And he can put up some numbers. He threw for 326 yards uh, just a couple weeks ago for for Seattle. Threw for 328 yards against Detroit earlier in the season. Like, he can put up 300 yards. He can throw for a couple touchdowns. He can put up some numbers on you. And that's the scary thing in this matchup is like, I'm not fearful of their offense. We know what they want to do. They want to run the football with Kenneth Walker. It's kind of their bread and butter, much like how the run game is is a staple to the Browns' offense. And they want Geno Smith to not have to do too much, but when he needs to, he can. But then on the flip side of that, you're like, well, the Browns' defense is really good. And has Geno Smith faced a defense this good yet this season? When you're looking at this, this schedule, probably not. No. So I go back and forth on it because I'm like, how can the Browns possibly, with the second-worst EPA in terms of offensive efficiency per play, minus .170. The only team behind them on this list uh, in terms of expected points added per play is 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The Patriots. That's it. And that offense is putridly bad. Um, how is it possible that this offense can find another way to win the, win this game and go out there with P.J. Walker giving you like the bare minimum, just doing enough, 178 yards, 192 yards a week before that. He's thrown three interceptions in, in two games. Like, how is that a winning formula? How can that continue to keep working for the Browns? And then you remember that they have a really good defense, and you're like, well, it could keep working for the Browns. So that's why I have such a hard time getting a read on this game, because Seattle isn't a juggernaut, but the Browns' offense isn't a juggernaut. Their defense is, and you're kind of banking on, can the can the defense keep doing this for you? Can the defense create easy scoring opportunities or just, frankly, flat-out score touchdowns themselves and if that happens, I think obviously it bodes well for the Browns today. But in terms of the quarterback matchup, like, yeah, I'd rather have Geno Smith than P.J. Walker. I'd rather have G- Geno Smith under center where you know he's not going to make that big costly mistake for you most of the time than P.J. Walker. And that's why I'm fearful for this game because it's like, when are P.J. Walker's mistakes going to cost you? And this is this, and I don't mean for this to be a shot of P.J. Walker because he's he's he has been thrust in to a situation, an impossible situation, uh, off the practice squad back-to-back weeks, kind of unexpectedly having to play, even though he kind of knew going into the couple of these games that he was probably going to see some playing time. Obviously, this week he knew he was going to see some playing time, and they finally added him to the active roster this time around. So, like, yeah, he he's he's done what he needed to do. He's getting you the wins, and that's all that matters at the end of the day. But, guys objectively, we all can recognize that the quarterback play has not been great. It's why the should the Browns trade for Jacoby Brissett conversation is the thing this week. How much longer can that possibly work for the Browns? And that's my question going into today's game and why I'm a little hesitant on what what way I'm going to go with a pick here. I'm being totally honest. 216-474-0092. How do you feel about P.J. Walker back under center? Can the magic continue for the Browns today? That, again, is our quarterback comparison brought to you by ARG Roofing. They have you covered literally the ARG Roofing dot or ARG dash roofing dot com. When we get back, taking another break here momentarily, we will continue the conversation about PJ Walker in this offense. But I also need to get to our pick six segment because we have our lines and odds to get to for today. Browns going into this one, a four point underdog against Seattle on the road, West Coast trip. It all kind of adds up. It all kind of makes sense. But they've played spoiler already a couple times in recent weeks. Can they do it again on the road in a hostile environment? Of course, we got to talk about the defense. This group has been phenomenal, and the run that they're on has just been historic and otherworldly. Miles Garrett putting together maybe the best game of his career a week ago. What has he got in store for us today? A lot of good stuff still to get to. Also, will Jerome Ford play? 
Sounds like his status for this game is trending in the right direction after he practiced on Friday, but going to test it out pregame. And what does that mean for the Browns, who we know, despite not having Nick Chubb, still want to run the football and have done it effectively to this point in the season. We'll talk about the implications of that, what it means for the Browns, and much, much more. Spencer German with you this morning. You can hit us up, 216-474-0092, at Spencito underscore on Twitter. We're counting you down to kickoff. It's the Bud Light Tailgate Show here on 92.3 The Fan. Hey, Cleveland. Nick Wilson and I debuted our new college football podcast last Saturday after the Ohio State-Penn State game. And we'll drop new episodes every Saturday and Tuesday up until conference champions are crowned. New episode, by the way, came out last night, or I guess theoretically you could say at the in the wee hours of the morning because we were wrapping up recording around 12, 20-ish, and it was posted around 1 o'clock. So you can find it at 923thefan.com or wherever you get your podcasts via the Odyssey app as well. It is called Sons of the Shoe. As we break down all things Ohio State, had a really good conversation last night about Ryan Day and a theory that Nick has about the game last night, which they were able to... uh, Escaping with a win isn't the right way to put it because they pulled away, they won by double fig, they won by two scores. Like, they did what Ohio State's done all year. But, uh, yeah, we had a good conversation about that. We had a good conversation about the identity of this team and whether or not last night maybe showed us something that, that they can tap into that gives them a better chance against Michigan. But I think at this point, guys, they've they've passed every test in front of them to this point. We know what the the big test is at the end of the at the end of the line. And you got like Rutgers and Michigan State coming up and games that you should win pretty easily uh leading up to that one. And then we'll have to we'll be having a different conversation depending on how it goes come uh, November 25th. So either way. You can follow along with the Ohio State season with us on Sons of the Shoe. Subscribe again in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Having a lot of fun with it already. We will get to our odds and lines here coming up in just a moment. Mackenzie's going to jump in with us for that. But I did want to bring up quickly here, and we'll talk about this more on the other side as well, Jerome Ford and his status for the game, which it sounds like According to the murmurings on the Twitter, Jerome Ford is going to try to play. He wants to play. And I think the fact that he practiced on... That was a surprise, though, too, wasn't it? Friday rolls around, and you got video of Jerome Ford actually practicing, looking like there was no real like restrictions on him whatsoever. And I think the fact that he did that was a, or that he was out there was a, was a step in the right direction obviously towards him playing today and the early indications are that he wants to play and he intends to play but that Cleveland's going to test him out pregame and see how it goes now I do wonder and we'll ask Daryl Ryder about this coming up in the uh, 12 o'clock hour I do wonder what his workload looks like today and you know how much because it's been kind of a balancing act between him and Kareem Hunt, and he's actually taken more of the carries most weeks than than Kareem Hunt has, and it's paid dividends, and he's been he's been good. But I wonder if they sort of ease him off that a little bit, and if Kareem sees a little bit more work, and maybe even Pierre Strong, because of the fact that they don't want to risk 
any further injury for Jerome Ford or put him in an, in a, in a, a situation where he could hurt himself even more and just, you know, not overwork him in a game like this where you already are thin at, at, at running back as is. And you got to try to kind of roll with the punches here and weather some, some injuries. The, I mean, dude, the injury bug has been, there's, it, it happens every year. There's always a team that just gets riddled with injuries. And I don't know, I'm trying to think across the league, like what are the teams have dealt with some of this stuff? I, I think the Bills have been a big one. They've lost two of their key players on defense in Tredavious White and Matt Milano. Um, and and I'm, sh- I'm sure I'm missing other teams who have, have been dealing with a bunch of injuries. Uh, obviously, I think the Bengals have dealt with some. T. Higgins, Joe Burrow's start the season was injured, but he's back out there now. And off the bye, we'll see how he plays. Um, but yeah, like it happens every year, man. And and it's why the saying that sometimes the team that wins it or the the best team is the team that stays the healthiest, because that is like so true in a sport this grueling, especially. And right now, man, like the the injury bug has not worked in the Browns favor. It has made its way through the locker room from Nick Chubb to Deshaun to now Jerome Ford. It's really going after the running back room for whatever reason. And yeah, I, I think again, it's a testament to the culture and the and the team and the the I guess just belief in that locker room that even through all these things, they have found ways to continually win and they have themselves a four and two in a position to do some things. We'll we'll circle back to the run game here coming up next hour because as much as they miss Nick Chubb, I think it's interesting that we talk so much about the the run game being the Browns bread and butter. And that has very much been the case. And in a matchup like today, where you're going up against an opponent that also likes to run the football, it's going to be important to see which one of these teams is able to establish the run game a little bit more. So we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. But I do want to welcome in Mackenzie Flume as we get into our odds and lines for this week, driven by Classic Ford and Menor. Don't gamble on your next car. Get to Classic Ford in Menor. And we always end with the Browns game, so that one's coming your way. They are a four-point underdog on the road in Seattle. But we have five of the games to get to with our uh, pick six this week. And, Mackenzie, I kick it over to you to start us off. Actually, first, Mackenzie, do you like four o'clock games? Or are you more of a one o'clock game kind of person? Uh, Probably four o'clock, honestly. Okay. Gives you more time just to prepare, get up. Tailgate, get yeah. yourself ready. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Fair enough. What do we got? All right, so Jacksonville Jaguars visit Pittsburgh Steelers, looking to grab a pivotal win before their bye week. They're five and two. Pittsburgh's four and two. Um, depending how Jaguars handle T.J. Watt is going to be a big factor for yeah. this one. But the Jags are um, under two for this one. Yeah, favored by two. Um, this is an interesting matchup because I still don't believe in the Steelers. Like, like, yeah, they beat the Rams last week, and the offense looked better coming off the bye week. Um, but, uh, like, I just have no faith that that offense is going to be able to do much. But then again, it's Mike Tomlin, it's the Steelers, and they always seem to muck games up. I, For whatever reason, man, I just have a feeling Pittsburgh's going to... It's been a struggle at times for, for the Jaguars. Like, they've had some issues moving the football at times. And I feel like the Steelers could maybe muck this game up like they've done and keep it close. I'll take the Jags because they're red hot. I'll say they'll still win. Two-point spread's basically a pickup. You know what? I'm just going to say that that they win the game and it'll be like a one-point game. Like 28-27 or something like that. 
All right, next we've got Texans versus the Panthers. Uh, you got the high-profile rookie quarterback matchup here. Yeah. Both teams coming off a bye week. Panthers looking for their first win. Um, Texans are favored three and a half on this one. Yeah, two reasons why I put this game on there, because most fans are probably looking at this one. They're like, eh, it's the Texans, it's the Panthers, who gives a damn, right? But you bring it up, the, the highly touted rookie quarterback matchup, who should have been really taken first, Bryce Young or... C.J. Stroud, and Stroud's obviously won that to this point, but now they go head-to-head. I think also, too, I was kind of surprised by the spread. Like, I know the Texans aren't really a good team, but the way that they've played and the way the Panthers have played are completely op- complete opposites of each other because the Texans have been very competitive. Panthers have just been bad. And so I was kind of surprised that the spread was 3.5 um, only for Houston. But in that same vein, I get it. I, I, I think I'm taking the Texans here to cover. C.J. Stroud's been the better of the two quarterbacks. I like his game. I think he he has he gets Houston to win today by more than a, than more than three and a half. I'll say a touchdown. All right. Next up, we've got Cowboys um, hosting the Rams. Uh, Cowboys coming off their bye week. Um, before that, they were coming off the kind of unimpressive win over the Chargers for Monday Night Football two weeks ago. As for the Rams, they're coming into this with kind of like a frustrating loss with Pittsburgh in Week Seven. Um, the Cowboys are favored to win this one by seven. Yeah, big spread here. I, I don't love the Rams as a whole, and this feels like a game where the Cowboys maybe the Cowboys, classic Cowboys. You never know how to read them. Like one game they look like juggernauts, the next game they look like they couldn't beat uh, a high school team. Like there's, it's just so hit or miss with them at times. But coming off the bye week, I like their th- them to win this game. I'm gonna say the Rams keep it close though. I, I, I don't know why. I just feel like the Cowboys, they always seem to sort of unimpress when they have opponents that they should be better than. And so I think that they the, the Rams keep it within the seven, but the Cowboys still win. All right. Next, we've got Bengals at 49ers. Um, the 49ers have been pretty good at home. Um, however, they are a little bit more banged up. So depending on how those injuries ravel out. Um, the Bengals' defensive line is their strength, and they should be able to get after Brock, Brock Purdy. Um, but the 49ers are favored to win this one by five. Yeah, it's interesting because, well, well, first, we have the AFC North in the afternoon today because it's the Browns, Bengals, and Ravens all playing in, in the 4 o'clock window. Uh, but, yeah, Cincinnati banged up but coming off the bye. I, I think that makes this game feel a little bit closer than what I would normally think it was, although the, the 49ers are slumping a little bit. And this kind of is a chance for them to get right after back-to-back losses. It's hard to fathom that they would lose three games in a row. Um, but at the same time, if Joe Burrow becomes Joe Burrow again, and he start, he continues to play like he, he usually does, then obviously this is a game the Bengals can win. I'm going to say the 49ers win because they're at home. It's a West Coast trip for the Bengals. Even with Cincinnati coming off their bye and Joe Burrow probably being a little bit healthier, I think the, the 49ers will find a way to get back on track here. But I think since it keeps it within the five. Okay, next we've got Ravens at Cardinals. Um, the Cardinals did not activate Kyle, Kyler Murray, so he's ineligible yeah. to play. Um, so the Ravens are favored to win this one by 10. Big, big spread. I think this is actually the biggest spread of the weekend. And I, I, I normally I, I advise against picking a team to win by that much. But in this instance, I think I'm going to say that the Ravens might actually win by 10. Uh, the Cardinals are... How do I put this? They are a bad, they're a good, bad team. And by that, I mean, like, they're not good. They're one and six in the season. The record certainly says who they are. 
but they're scrappy. They, 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 they've been in a lot of games. They play tough. They're not just going to lay down. Like, I think uh, some teams that have been bottom feeders over the years have, have done. And so I think they're going to try to put up a fight today. But I just think after last week, I start, I'm starting to think that the, the Ravens offense is starting to click here and that they're they're in sync now with Todd Munkin and they're figuring some things out. So I'm going to say the Ravens do win by, by the 10 or more. All right. Last but not least, we've got Browns at the Seahawks. Um, both teams coming off week seven wins. They're kind of in the thick of playoff races in the respective conferences. The Browns are arguably the best defensive team in the NFL right now. But with P.J. Walker and we kind of don't know, there's a little bit of uncertainty with our offense. Um, Seahawks are favored to win this one by four. Yeah, again, it's the, the West Coast trip thing. It's the no Deshaun Watson thing. All those factors in this game today. I don't want to give away my pick fully, but I will say that no matter what, I think the spread gets covered here. Whether it's going to be a Browns win or a Browns loss, I'll save for later in the show. But I think the spread gets covered here by Cleveland because I'm not impressed with Seattle, even though they'll have the home field advantage, they'll have the Browns coming to them. Those trips are always hard to make. And it's the Browns trying to utilize this P.J. Walker magic again. We'll see if they can get it done. But uh, I think that's a, a good way to leave that one for now. Odds and lines, again, driven by Classic Ford and Mentor. Don't gamble on your next car. Get to Classic Ford. And manner. Good stuff, McKenzie. Let's take a break. When we get back, we got to talk about this defense some more. We got to talk about Miles Garrett and his comments he made about Cleveland, Ohio. Also, would you be willing to trade a defensive player for somebody at the deadline coming up in a couple days? We'll talk about all that and more here on 92 to the Fan. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.